0: As I walked on through Chattel Street, a fair maid I did meet. She asked me to see her home, she looked in bleaker, straight to me away. Sandy, my dear Annie, oh, you New York girls, can you dance to polka?
1: The Long Haul Podcast. America's Irish Voice. Interviews with inspiring immigrants, renowned Irish personalities, and discussions on all things Irish America. Presented by Michael Dorgan and Johnny Kennedy. In this podcast, we talk to former Kerry County Board Chairman and current Doctor Cloaks Chairman, Pat De Bag O'Sullivan. Pat was born and raised in Sunnyside, Queens, and has a unique perspective on the development of Gaelic games in New York, or in his view, the lack thereof. He shares his thoughts on what improvements are needed, as well as the predicament that is Gaelic Park. Keep up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast and we appreciate all feedback, so please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Known in GAA circles as The Bag, the first question we asked Pat was, where did he get the name Pat The Bag?
2: I suppose when I was younger, I was always above a Kerry football training, and that time, um, there was no sponsorship happening around at the time, and um, Kerry were always getting gear from Adidas, and my father was a selector, and I was playing underage with the Croaks My father got in, an Adidas bag, and it was like twice the size, and not three times the size of the boy's bag. And next thing, all of a sudden, they got, began calling me the bag, and next thing, it became pet the bag. Then after,
1: <laughs> that's um, brilliant. So I, th- I I I thought it was linked to your um your financial um, fundraising over in uh in in New York, stateside for for Kerry down through the years. So
2: I know it was was well there when i was about 14 or 15 this one when, when that came so new york was only a dream that time about coming over raising money even and being or being being involved with Kerry at the time so it's like everything when we moved home from america in 1975 and prior to coming home in 75 my father was involved in the J here in new york and um himself and john kerry o'donnell had a falling out in 1970 it, like i suppose nine times out of ten there was There'll be always arguments after matches, but where well we were living in Queens, um, we were living in um, Sunnyside, just off Skidman Avenue. And um, all, all the people living in that area were Cavan, Mayo, Kerry. That was the, the, the big makeup of the, the population. And with all those fellas there, there was, there was great footballers from different counties there. And they basically wanted to set up like a, a Queens team. Were, some were playing with Kevin some were playing with York, with Kerry some were playing but they were all socializing together and working together and living together in that area in, in, in Sunnyside and um, what happened after was um, they formed they were forming a club called the Shannon the Shannon, um, Shannon Rangers because I um, reckon the Shannon uh, River touched all every county going up from Limerick all the way up and and um, when they lodged the team, they were refused, and they had to take the Carlo team, the Carlo name. <laughs> so it became the New York Carlo team, and they, they won the championship in '71 and '73, I think. But it, uh, the fathers playing with them like that, they had, they had Mikey Sheehy played with them, mickey O'Sullivan, Sullivan, um, party O'Shea. I mean, there was um, Don footballers, Kevin footballers, Miha Miha O'Shea. They were all they were there, and it was there was past, past county players living there, like, but the big thing was that um, they were all GA fellas and they went away and they farmed and some fellas moved back to America and other fellas uh, moved back to Ireland other people stayed here and and the Cardinal team basically died and they went back to their county teams after a while, but Gaelic Park was a special place every Sunday and for, um, for fellas co- going up to um, watch the matches and meet fellas on, the, on a weekly basis. But I suppose it's a long road from Peterbag to 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 Queens and in, Sun- in, in Sunnyside.
3: But you're being a bit modest as regards the fundraising that you have done in New York. You would have been, I don't mind saying, you were probably the main man behind originally. Certainly in the last fifteen years, anyway, coming to New York with your connections here. Would that be right? And uh, what what really happened and how like
2: everybody has enough money. It's only when they need something special to be built you need extra money and you can. And when Sean Walsh was chairman of the Kerry County Board I was development officer and Sean was at his wit's end trying to find a pitch for Kerry to train in, during the winter and, and if any club with, worth water salt who have done up their grounds didn't want to give it out to the Kerry County Board to make sure of it Sorry, um, during the winter months like and next thing then try to repair it then for the summer for their own games. So it was finding it harder and harder to get um, venues to train. Like we trained in Limerick, we trained in Cork. This is the Keresena football team. And um, so Sean drove the center of excellence that we were looking for. And, and we nearly had it over the line, um, over in Tralee with a new stadium in Austin State Park. And um, the, old, the old racetrack was where the new um, training ground was gonna be. But like everything, the recession came everything went off the table and we were still had no training ground sean went on to council and um it we we went over to go and jerome conway came in as chairman and jerome was another very good chairman and what happened was the builder who we were dealing with was after buying a parcel of land in, in corns and through jerome's chairmanship we had money saved up for um, money um, actually, when Jerome became chairman, he set up a, a committee with Carter Kiri and under the chairmanship of Shawnee Walsh. A- and basically we, got, we gathered several hundred thousand euros and we put it in a rainy day fund for the chance on purchasing uh, a training ground for Kerry. And when, so we bought the land of um, this developer, John Casey, and um, we got a very good deal on it, and I think it was around six fifty or seven fifty. now and it was like forty-two acres, maybe, and maybe right in the middle of Kerry. And t- like it was like ten or twelve years searching for the ground, where we were so close on getting um, the racetrack and tree, which fell apart. And next thing we had nowhere to go. This came up. We purchased it, and next thing we began um, getting plans made of the ground. And we figured out we could get four or five, pi- we could get five pictures in it, car parking and a building. So next thing we began totaling up the prices on what this would cost. And the money was gone into several million. I think it was like the first phase of this was like about five and a half million. And, um, and, and a part of this at the time was just outside. Oh um, a part of this development was supposed to c- include a medical center and all that for the players going forward. But then the, the Truly IT came on board and offered us um, um, into their medical c- um, that they were developing through the Truly IT, the, um, I suppose the physiotherapist, um, you know, for people, especially the sports um, clinic they were putting in place. And so there was an extra cost of like n- close to 1.1 1. 1 million. Then had to be raised. So we were, all of a sudden we were at five and a half. And we were at 6'6", six, six. and overall then it came in roughly around 7.5 million, That finished. So, time to fly to America. So, we, <coughs> we met, I was chairman at this stage now, after Jerome, and um, we met with Crow Park, and we, we met with Kerry Group, we met different people. And so, um, what, what year are we talking, about, what, roughly? Well, the purchase would have been done in probably 10 years ago, maybe 10, 11 years ago. And the commencement began seven years ago, and, and and the development of of the grounds. And so, first of all, we said, um, whatever happens, we have to figure out where we're going to try to get money. So we went to Kerry Group. Kerry Group were always great supporters of Kerry J A, and they were going to support the, the project, and they donated a million euros. So. There was a commitment that came after by Croke Park of another million. And so all of a sudden, we had to raise five, maybe five and a half million was the target. And we were scratching our head. Things were very bad at home. Immigration was right in Kerry. Every, every Sunday, Monday morning, people were flying back to London. People were after heading off young, the younger generation, were after going to Australia. Things were, there was a big struggle in Kerry, to be honest about it. And every day of the week, clubs were struggling with numbers, and there was no hope to get this off the ground. We had a big ball of land, and we had no money except two donations when we're ready to make the development. And we were scratching our head, and we said, how will we come about this? And we basically formed an international fundraising committee, and we got all the past players back involved. And they all had massive connections because in their youth people have immigrated and they did very well all over the world um, of that generation. And we basically um, said we'd come over, three or four of us, to have a look to see, to explore, to see if we get money in New York. And the person who we put all our hopes on, he just passed away there last week, was Dennis Kennedy a Wall Street Access. Dennis was a past pupil at St. Brendan's College. He's after bringing over so many younger, Kerry people working for him. He gave so much to, um, to different um, charities here in New York. he gave s- so much different charities at home in Ireland, and we said no, he would be our man and um, we went around asking and and to be honest, um, everything was like was everything is about timing, so we went in we met with his his son Sean, and we met with Dennis um, Palmer Liston was in there. Um, we had um, Ogie Morin, we had um, Dara Shea, myself, and, and we went, and, and Mike Larkin and John DeWire. They were, they were the people that were on the initial party that, that um, were the, doing um, the sourcing, and what happened was Dermy Foley, who used to work with us at home in the pub, told me, when you're in New York, make sure you call. JT Megan, of Wall Street, uh, of um, Morris Regan of JT Megan's. And the other person we were looking at then was Donald Sullivan of Navis. Yeah. Alex. Yeah, So so we were coming over anyway. We had our first two people were um, Wall Street Axis and Navalus. They were the two people we were hoping. And then Johnny Riney had a function for us. And Rosie O'Grady is upstairs where he got it out um, for the for Kerry people to come and to hear what was going on. So, and we went Wall Street Access, we shot out, we, we got no joy there anyway, in Wall Street Access. And it was a bit of a surprise, because Tony O'Keefe and myself, were there about seven or eight years before that, saying about this project was gonna begin, and it didn't happen, and look, fair enough, it, you move on. So we went on to Donald Sullivan, so he was very good to us now, to be honest. And um, he was more than helpful, and he, Helped out as best he what he what he could do, and then we went into Morris Regan, and Morris Regan lifted the whole, as well as the whole project to a new level. Yeah, basically, he he, he was willing to help out. Um, he's a store man, Morris, um, and um, and when we got going and talking about the developments and the whole art he said. He do a dinner the following year and from then he did a bigger dinner he sold out the plaza hotel for us and um. and after that then we never looked back and like two point something million dollars we pulled out in new york in, in in four years and it was it was a huge amount of money but with that he gave us the scope to get on to go to london where we took another quarter million sterling out of it and then we took uh, another hundred thousand or uh, just shy of a hundred thousand in Dublin, and all of a sudden, that's what we generated. And so, we had good times in doing it, but it was, I'll be honest, without the help of the people here in New York, we would never have got off the ground day one, but especially without the help of Morris Regan. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, Morris has been um, he's a big supporter of Croaks as well. Dr. Croaks is new, your sponsor there a little bit. Or he is, like, I know. suppose. When I, w- I was at home, and
2: the boy. I was after having an operation on my leg, and um, the, the sponsor was at home, were changing, and um, so the boys asked me, um, "Would I sponsor it?" And I said, <laughs> <laughs> I, "I'll help out, like, but for the money they were looking." But um, it wouldn't it have really been easier for me to sponsor it at the end? And but um, no, but Morris, I asked Morris, and he said, "No problem." And in fairness, we had three great years. We went to two other Ireland club finals. We won. Three county championships, and we got beaten in the county final this year. We, um, we've been at the top there at, at only Kerry for the last ten years. I mean, eight county finals we've been in in, in ten years. So, looked look, we, we enjoyed. It. We had good days and bad days.
1: Were you involved in the development of um, Dr. Crokes uh, facility there as well? Um, I was
2: chairma- I was chairman of the Crokes when I was um, development officer for Kerry and we started off there i think we spent 1. 1.4 1. 4 million i mean so um, we did a lot of the work i'm back chairman now again now and um we spent something like three hundred fifty thousand the last two years now we have another another couple hundred thousand to spend and that will cut, that will get us in a position where we're able to finish the facilities what we're doing and we're hoping to get a third pitch after that okay so. We'll be doing our best anyway. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> your parents are well. Uh, your parents met here in New York, uh, or did they in Sunnyside, or no? My my father and mother met in New York.
2: My mother was living in Sunnyside. My father was living in Sunnyside. Um, um, they just both immigrated. Um, my father was here in I think 1959. And my mother came after maybe 1960. I'd been 58. I'm not really sure about the dates. And like I said, Kerry Mayo, yeah, were, I mean <laughs> Kevin, they were the they were the big people living in that area at the time. Mm-hmm. They met up, they married, and and,
3: and you've siblings still living here. You have a lot of family connections. Oh, I I've met but some of them here over the last few years, which they've I've all done very well for themselves in have. law enforcement, everything, all the way through. It's been
2: yeah. My cousin John was. Um, he did the FBI here in New York. They was he was just retired. He six months younger than I am, like I was going
3: to say, yeah. yeah. I met him last year. He's pretty young to be retiring, but mm. it's not like he's retired and gone playing golf. He's still he's active still in working. his own business. That's he good.
2: Is. He's Fugui, mm. a good guy, John. had a good cousin, So,
3: so
1: you're a, a golden golden ticket recipient. <laughs> I'm sure I mean when, we when he <laughs> says that,
3: that for us immigrants over here, the golden ticket is the uh, the American passport with the Irish passport. I have the two of them. I have the two of them. You don't use one going home and use the other coming back as as to, to jump the queue. That's <laughs> basically it. I
2: so h- how
1: long were you, so you were born and bred in Sunnyside, Pat? Yeah. And wh- what, uh, how long did you live there before you moved back back oh, we to were, Ireland?
2: I was eight years of age. We, we were um, St. Sebastian's School. I went to like and my holy communion over here. My father owned a bar with a friend of, him, of his, Jim McGovern, who was from Kevin. And um, he was a builder. My father was a regional manager with A and P, um, and they had the pub as well. And they they did well out of out of it. And look, I'd be honest about it. It's living here in New York. No, living like in the 70s are two different time warps. I remember being here in in, in, in in the late 80s, and we were in the Bliss Bar, and over in of of uh, Greenpoint Avenue there, and. 20 fellas listening to a phone plugged into a speaker to listen to the Kerry match. And now you can look on the phone, you can be talking to the person at home. I mean, people were depending on mail. They were depending on money to be sent home in the mail to parents. Now there's wire transfer, there's, like, whatever's on television at home now you can watch here. Whatever radio station's on at home. At that time it was different. It was, people left they'd go home for years, and I mean, people were here eight nine ten years I mean it was so expensive to fly flying always cheap it's it's a different world here and and the biggest problem that I find is that the amount of genuine Irish people that are here and can't go home and living on on a knock on the door is horrendous like because they've given so much to the communities over here and it's just like I said I got the golden ticket and they love to have that golden ticket. In. Absolutely, and it's hard. It's hard for them, like.
1: Mm-hmm. So you went. You went back when you were about eight. So and did your father? Your father set up the bar. Uh,
2: yeah, my father actually. Um, my uncle was alive, and my mother always wanted to go home. and My father had no interest in going home. And um, my father, they went to a dinner dance in the, the Tower, Tower View Ballroom down in um, Woodside. Woodside, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tower View, was yeah. not it? Tower View, yeah, yeah. Tower View. And um, whatever dance was on, anyway, um, at that time, like I was saying, phones, like my my grandfather or my uncles, they had no phones at home. They had to go to a telephone box. They had to ring, and my father had to ring them back on a certain day.
3: but Sunday evening. You know, whatever
2: <laughs> it was. But um, my father, anyway, came home, anyway, one morning, anyway, after one of these, all night or... Um, dinner, dinner parties, and that went on from one establishment to another like, and um, my uncle rang, and he, um, after getting a place from him in my father said, buy it, and two or three weeks later, anyway, my uncle rang again, he said, where's the money, the deposit for this, my father said, for what, he said, um, you have to buy this establishment, and um, we went home, then that's, um, that was in October, uh, maybe early November and my father's first cousin Emil Sullivan, who was secretary of the county board in, in Kerry he was getting married so my father and myself went there and my father went to see what he was buying and that's how the Tatler Jack came about then. it opened in August
1: 1975 so that's Tatler Jackson in case people don't know Tatler Jackson Main Street Clareney which is Plunkett uh, Street Punk Plunket Street, Street. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, and no. the, so, are Tattlers are the same, same? Are they still the main sponsor of Doctor Coke? J T. Megan, J T. Megan, J T.
2: Megan is the main sponsor, and we're in a bag. We, we we pulled that from the yeah. podcast.
1: <laughs> but you're, you're heavily involved so you went you 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 went back then, Patty, You opened the the bar. I suppose you would have been playing yourself. Um. I was trying more than playing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: no.
3: We text uh, a few ex-players there to ask them. Is there any questions we can ask you? And the first thing they said: ask him about his own playing career.
2: I don't, I don't know, Johnny. Maybe your one. <laughs> <laughs> I knew by the way they wrote <laughs> it that that was a dig. Yeah, they no, said, I'm ask
3: him about his own playing career.
2: No, I was lucky enough. I, I, I came up with some very good players, like, and um, I'll be honest. When we were coming, like when the cokes, and you look at um, cokes were joined up with in the in the early 70s were joined up with East Kerry and say from mid 70s or maybe the start of the 80s they were, they were playing with Killarney which was Proxon Legion and we went out on our own in 1986 and we haven't looked back since and a lot of the fellas who I played with underage like were the backbone of, of those teams with a couple of the older players and we, we drove on and a lot of them in fairness they won an All-Ireland club in 92 and they were the backbone. They, they, they changed the thinking within the club. And a brother-in-law of mine at Pat O'Shea, and I'd be honest, I give him a lot of credit for what he has done for the Croaks. And he, the one thing he always wanted to figure out was, why were Nemo so good? And he spoke and spoke and watched and watched. And he tried to implement what Nemo Rangers did into the Croaks. And, and that kind of a mentality that went with it. And I give Pat O'Shea a lot of credit what he's done um, for the club I mean he's he, he brought the club to a new new height a new generation and but he's only one man but there were so many different coaches that have helped these players coming on like, and because we had a golden generation for the last 10 years the club had.
3: What year Pat did you become the chairman um, with Kerry like you had a great golden generation then as you said from Croaks but definitely into the uh, into the Kerry setup. you had some fabulous years with them
2: I I got involved, I got elected with Kerry. I was 29 years of age. Wow. I was one of the youngest officers ever elected in Kerry. And I spent 19 years an officer. Wow. So I'm gone three years. So we go back three years and then take 19 off it. So it's uh, yeah. 16. It was. 97, 98, about time? 87. Um, when Kerry beat Mayo, the convention was on that Christmas. Right. And I got elected in. And my next birthday was 30 in, in February. So it was before Christmas. It was 87 when Kerry beat Mayo yeah but i would be honest um it's by chance i ever got uh, involved i i know probably um interest in being involved as an officer but i was training the croaks under 16 team and minor team but the under 16 team went under in the county final and we were waiting for for the final to be fixed and it was four or five weeks we were out and so we used to play st brendan's college we had about 800 starting St. Brendan's team, and we probably had our first 15. We had uh, most of them around the panel. So we used to play St. Brendan's Froome Cup team, which was 16 and a half, every once, one for about four weeks. They were waiting for the college's final. We were waiting for our final, and so we played, like I said, every every Friday for about five weeks. and Sean Kelly and father Larry Kelly was there, and Paula Kennelly, and um. I was leaving one day and Sean Kelly was chairperson and he um, said to me, he says, "Um, I have a job for you. And I said, what job is that? He says, "Um, I need you to make a few bob for us. And I said, what are we gonna do now, Sean? He says, "Um, could you do anything for me? Would you come to a meeting? And so I went over to Lee in 87 and um, I met Sean and Tony O'Keefe. And he said, what can we do? I said, the easiest way I think you can make money at the moment and the county hasn't done it is a golf classic and Eamon O'Sullivan who was above in Bishopstone who his father played with the crooks he played Kerry Minor, so he played with the crooks he was in charge of Heineken uh, he was the rep at the time Be- he became the the, the, the actual um, the Heineken bu- m- boss and um, so I got, I got Eamon to sponsor it and um, Tom Prendergast was there and um, Seamus McGarrett and a couple more Pat O'Connor and we did this golf classic and we made about thirty thousand pounds at the time. And um we did a kind of a small fundraising because the Kerry Cavan match was coming up straight after that and um so we did that as well. We we made about ten grand on that and there was elections coming up and Sean Kelly said to me, he said, Do everything about putting your name in and I put my name in and I got elected and I was I was there for nineteen years then. So, so
3: Cork men nod their head with disappointment as you said you were there for 19 years putting misery on Cork. I guess
2: I i not want to say put mis- misery, but <laughs> I'll I, be honest, I, I had a cousin who loved to put misery on Cork, Char- <laughs> Charlie Nelligan. My grandmother was Nori Nelligan, and um, that time when um, I'll be honest, Charlie was a career minor selector, I say he came after, and um, you no, know, like oh, he was around that time, Charlie. He, he loved the game. Like he was a great footballer. Like he was, and he was. I'll be honest. Like, like he, to be a member of that great Kerry team. He should have got 8 All hour of the medals, Like he, he was. A s- that time they only gave out twenty All hour of the medals um, in 1975. But Charlie Nelligan won an All hour of the minor medal, and he was sub goalkeeper for the Kerry senior team that day after winning a minor. Went went on to win on at 21, but he got no medal in 1975. So. They changed the rules after that. They did when Peter O'Leary didn't get a medal in, in 2000, so the goalkeeper was automatically a member, and next thing then um, of the 20, that went from there to 21, and then after that, then it went to 24 because of Mike Cassidy got injured, and because Kerry played six players, and one of the all arms in the semifinals and that, and they were entitled to a medal, mm-hmm. and Mike was told, and it went to 24 after that. Pat,
1: when you look at the, the work you did in building the Centre of Excellence in Kerry, and you look six, there's six pitches there I believe, is there?
2: No, there's four pitches, there's room for two more Room for two
1: more and like you got through that through recessionary times and it's it's a great facility now and we in Cork, we look at what we got out of 100 million we've got um, a new stadium that has a pitch that doesn't really meet the standards of a Of a pitch like, and I remember a couple of years ago when it was being built. Derek Cavanaugh, who's a Nemo man, a former Cork player, and uh, he he was he pointed to a um, he he had a great piece in the Examiner, basically saying that the money should have been spent in somewhere like a centre of excellence, and how that breeds a winning mentality that you you'll have you'll have Kerry teams down there now you'll have the senior team training there I presume you'll have minor teams under 16 teams all looking and they would probably pass by the senior team and it's a great thing to feed off do you think do you think it's it was money ill spent by Cork to invest so much in Perky and still still not have the proper resources training facilities for for the underage Even though it seems to be that Cork are still producing underage players well, it, If it was you Would you have
2: You see s- First of all I mean You can look at it in different ways park Key was falling down So they needed a new stadium Then also They're being serviced by um, UCD CIT Middleton's out the road at Mallow's there. Mm. They have four centres already where there's multiple pitches. Um, but the biggest thing, would, and I spoke to Niall Cahillan, and I think Niall Cahillan had a... Had, there, was, there, was, there was a green area on the, on the motorway over by the... Correheen, the, yeah. Yeah, and where they could have developed a new stadium, probably above the water table there, and could have sold the old ground and they would have other pieces of ground to develop but at the end of the day Perky is a fabulous stadium alright the pitch wasn't right but they're getting that right that'd be right well well, I
1: wouldn't I I wouldn't knock it's a fantastic stadium I'm just saying when you have a ball of cash that seems to be
2: well I'd be be honest about it I think that the association in general has a lot more to um, to answer for I mean it's it's if you speak to a lot of the people in the association, they'll tell you that um, as every county um, basically fends for themselves. But yet, Parkey Cave and Crow Park, and you look above in Salt Hill, they're major cities, and they need to be serviced by major stadiums. And the new stadium that's happening above in Belfast, they all have to happen. But the question I'm saying is that... the. And they're doing this now at the moment. The JO are working with the with the, the government and they're developing above in Navan, oh, a new stadium in Navan. They're developing a new stadium in Kildare and they're just, uh, developing a new stadium in Waterford. The question is when will they get down to Killarney? I don't know, but the association in general needs facilities. And the association has to take control of the association over here in New York. And the reason why I say that is, is that is that from my father's time here in New York um, they had the money to buy a stadium here in the late 60s and what they did in New York is they went on a world tour for two or three months and spent every bob they had and they had no stadium and seen several chairmen have come and tried to develop stadiums and made mistakes and all with the best of uh, intentions to do better and if you look at um the, um, London they have their own grounds over and it's been developed by GA people they all got together and there's two big financial areas in the world one is London one is New York and here in New York we're ruthless and the amount of money that's in this city by Americans and Irish Americans and the, the place where they should have bought was Randall's Island and they could have put three or four there and they could have done deals with the city to get um, grounds and develop them but it's a business...
3: They were and offered it, it in the 90s, but I believe...
2: But it was, see, there was people on the ground here who advised not to go on it. There was people have every, uh, whatever it is, people have their own ideas in their head. But the association has to come here and take control of which direction they're going to go. Because if they, don't gonna, if they don't do it, they're going to be going from cat to ha- hand all the time. Because the fiasco that happened above Gaelic Park, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't make any sense. And Top of the Hill, is, uh, they were trying to develop there. There's only one part of the jigsaw. They need to get a place close to the city where people can come 15, 20 minutes and get into the grounds, go home. It can't be an ordeal to bring your kids to play Gaelic football or hurling. It has to be, it has to be common sense. It has to be and, But people are so busy in their own lives here, and I think that the GA have to take control of it. And New York is different compared to Boston, Chicago, and the whole lot. There has to be a business plan because they have no problem on Sky Television. They have no problem going to Australia um, showing it on television over. They have no problem playing Aussie rules. But there's no plan to develop New York or the association as a whole here in America. And they have to do that. And America is the biggest um, market that we should be getting into.
1: They were offered. Um, was it Randall's Island? They were offered a. C- couple they were offered Island? Randall's Island I in the d- nineties.
2: And d- no, ninety-seven. Kerry played, in Randall's Island against Cavan, but there was a lease coming up in Randall's Island, and X amount of money had to be put down. And I forget who was the president at the time. Monty Maloney, I think maybe from Galway. I'm not sure. No, I'd be wrong. Yeah, I'd be wrong. And yeah, there's m- been so many presidents went by because they bought land. They didn't buy land. They went too far. Mm. Moneys went disappeared they were spent on different things and more war f- tours no I don't <laughs> know but it, 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 it's I'll be honest about it, 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 it it's, it's, it's it's off-putting for the genuine person the man who goes up and brought his kids up there to, to the Bronx all his life hmm. I brought my father up there in June and the place was a shadow of the place my father like there, w- there was 50 or 60 people and we watched 4 games there yeah and there was no atmosphere there was I mean it's it's I always feel
3: here every year when, when the New York game Mike and I've talked about this before it's like it's the curtain raiser it's like the, the start and the end for New York GA. like the, the big hype about New York and Mayo this year which was fabulous but it's nearly like it starts in the morning and then it ends in the afternoon and then there's nothing more for the rest of the year regards I'll give, g- give you another idea
2: New York has to play in the Connacht Championship why can't New York Play in an American Championship Why yeah. can't New York Play oh, absolutely. couldn't agree more. Why can't
3: they play Chicago, Boston Chicago Why can't they play Charlotte Car- North I mean, Carolina get, get Have a get, massive team now get,
2: get all your teams together And play a championship Over here Absolutely Why have should New York Why should
3: there? New York Just get the game Every year And, no. let,
2: the, and let the winners Then represent And
3: I think
1: but Most you, people in New
3: York Would agree with it like, you? But Are you
1: going to uh, Are you going to be able To field teams That are going to com- That are going to Compete Who, Who's going to Who's going to Finance it Who's going to co- Who's going to Finance the cost of travel
2: well, they put it this way, they have no problem financing teams when they have to over here to win the New York championship. And, yeah. and the question you have got to ask yourself, those same people got behind a proper New York team could finance it because the amount of money that is being thrown away and bringing players over from, others, other, from other counties, I mean, some people at for home summer. are waiting for to be knocked over the championship. Come over to New York. Mm-hmm. They pick up ten thousand or twenty thousand, and these are the crazy figures being thrown around. Yeah. And they go home then, and p- three or four months after then, and they and they fall into whatever championship oh, they've had yeah. home. And and the, the guy on the on the street here, who was up there training in October, November, he's just he's he's left out. Yeah. And uh, the whole system has to change. And some people have to come here. Some people are going to take a year off, and they're going to be here, and, and whatever's going to happen, but. Whole, the whole look of it has to change like and I don't know what's going to come out of it but if they keep on doing what they're going to do there'll, there'll be no in this in this city within 10 years' time.
1: Gaelic Park, uh, Pat It's if you go up there for the summer there's three games there's two games every evening there could be four games on a Saturday four games on a Sunday it's just a fantastic place to go and watch Gaelic games but if you go up there like you said you go up there you'd only get a handful of people up there for someone who's, who went up there as a, as a young child who's been back and forth for years and you look at the situation up there now where you've got a small covered stand the old clubhouse has been leveled there's no there's plans in place for a clubhouse it was supposed to be this, they are supposed to start construction a couple of months ago it's all up in the air for someone who who has lived in New York who, who's a New Yorker who, who's who been over and back and you go up now it's 2019 and you were there this summer what kind of What feelings go through, run through you and your father?
2: Well, my father, he, he was, he was. My father came back every year until my mother got sick, and he would come home for the for the Connacht Championship because he would meet more and more of his friends. They go for something to eat. I mean, fairness, age is moving on, and some of them have passed. But he would meet them. They would have talk about old times. That's, I mean, it's it's. There's no facilities to look after them there anyway. I remember being in Gillette Park, and the the ballroom used to be full with fellas having their Sunday dinner after playing a the match. There was a, there was there was a stand behind the goal that's gone. I mean, they cleared that out. I mean, there was there was grass on the pitch. I mean, you got a bad summer, then it was like a concrete block. Then they put on the AstroTurf. I don't know was the AstroTurf a positive or a negative. I don't know. But but there there's nowhere to go to talk to a person. up there and and the association is more like if if you go home to Kerry and you go back to South Kerry you go back to West Kerry you go back to different parts of Kerry fellas come home every weekend to play with the club they come down from Dublin they come in from London they come from all over the country all over the country to play they have their paycheck with them they'll hopefully get a match on on Saturday night go for a couple of pints locally at home and they're on the road again Sunday and that's what made the GA great in Kerry anyway it was is about the parish and people knowing where we were everyone's from but here there's the backbone people I know because of people move away they come back to all that but traditionally the people develop and follow a, a club here and they're there for life and they've got so many ups and downs in their life like, and like John Hayes here and Mike Greer and They've given a lifetime of service to the G.A. did it for, for, for Kerry in New York. I mean, I can tell you a story. And um, Kerry were playing New York in the National League final. And not and sure of the year, it was at 71, 72, that period of time anyway. But Declan O'Sullivan's uncles were great friends of my father's. John, Pat, Mickey Joe, and, and Patsy Brass, and they were all above in Gaelic Park. And with about eight or nine minutes to go in the game, Kerry were down four points. But about five or six minutes to go in the game, Kerry were down a goal. The National League final over here. Next thing, Mickey Joe passed out. He couldn't take it no more. He couldn't take the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> he woke up anyway after. But Cook kind O'Connell of was after sticking the ball in the back of the net and the game was a draw. But they had to stay again another week to play the National League final again. Like. But my point I'm trying to say is that that passion was there for the, for the New York team. Mm-hmm. That passion was there for the Kerry team. The place was, people were falling over each other. They couldn't get in there. The question is that, that if, you look, if you go to different parts now, oh, you go to Rockland County, you go over to the Shining Gales, and you go to all the, the, the seven or eight strong clubs here, they have people all the time. And the GA at home have to come up with some idea how to develop them into, into senior clubs so that you will have eight communities that will have a a team to follow and the county names are gone and whatever way you want to look at it the county names are gone there has to be a meaning for the area they're from and people at home uh, will say Kerry were good to me in New York but how many of them have kids who play with the Kerry underage team here in New York how many they don't they have their their own their senior clubs they don't develop the game like the new height parks and the and the Shining Gales and St. Barnabas Yeah, well, I mean, and 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 they're the teams that the GA here in New York have to develop, and 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 that's the plan. And they have to become senior teams.
3: You've um, you mentioned Rockland County, there, Patrick. You have you been up to see their clubhouse and their setup up there in Rockland County? I was when I was vice chairman. I
2: was up there looking at it. When I was chairman, I was yeah. I was up there in June.
3: It's, it's fabulous setup. It's
2: amazing what they've done, isn't it? Yes, and and but five, six, ten there's a community there oh, totally. and they all, and they, but ten or twelve of them piloted it, but the whole community got behind it
3: they, they work know. it behind the bar you go up there the Conroys and the lads in working behind the bar themselves it's brilliant the way the lads do they operate it but this is what has to happen here
2: like your Randall's Island should be your That's your co-park totally. here and oh. there should be ten areas here and there should be leagues played off all of these different areas and and, and and trying to develop it But look That's a different talk So yeah.
1: for people who don't know Randall's Island Is on the East River Johnny isn't it Yeah it's just it's In between it's
3: Queens right. And the Bronx And Manhattan It's like It's hard to believe As Patrick says It's just w- yeah. w- What a location It would have been so, And to okay. see where it is Now it's a big soccer setup And there's different stuff out there It's yeah. an amazing setup. There's
1: about 90 pitches out there Baseball mm. NFL And it's where we t- I played with Kerry Club this year And it's where we all train And it's We're training on soccer pitches With no GA goals and uh, you, co- you, you you come you're not as a player you come out and you just want you want to play to the highest standard as, as possible, but when you're kind of it is a bit disheartening that you don't have any place to 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 play or to even to have goals. Uh, but Randall's Island would have been a great great spot to have a, a Gaelic park because Gaelic park no at the moment the pitch is owned by Manhattan College. They own the rights to the to pitch.
2: I don't know, I don't know how they left that goal because the a a hundred-year lease on that, and now and they last out. Mm. Um, but, but you are going on about playing their own goals. I remember when I was young for them and all the teams in the neighbourhood where we were living, like the base of you know the majority of them, they trained in Flushing Meadows with with with, with bags as goalposts. Mm. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed in, in forty years, like yeah. that's the point I'm saying. Nothing is. I'm, yeah. I'm 52 years of age. And you're, you're going
3: back. You look fabulous any consolation you found Johnny like, you look fabulous you couldn't pay for this kind of a body oh. <laughs> <laughs> Pat getting back to the American sort of um, connection that you and everyone else has um, we have a lot of uh, mutual friends over the years and I just always fascinated I get it all the time here in the bar people saying oh how do you raise money here how do you do this as in from other counties that visit and I always go back to the Kerry sort of thing and it's just always the common joke oh sure Kerry come over and get their two and a half million they don't say begrudgingly but it's kind of always said how do they do it I've been fortunate enough through you and Kieran and Tomas and that to meet some of these lads and then become good friends with them, lads up around Westchester and that. But it's amazing the connection the likes of Frank Stevenson and people like that have made with a lot of these guys through the golf clubs, Effort. through Tralee and Waterville and stuff like that. They, they made
2: some fierce contacts through the people who'll be golfing in Kerry. In yeah. But the reason why we made a lot of that money, or the majority of that money, was because of Owen Moriarty yeah oh art was on the ground. he was well enough connected. He directed us to the right people. he gave us the right information he He told us when to fall yeah. back or go forward and every everyone else we met that came on board all joined joined in after but Omar and I am to be
3: the f- owner of the Sea Lodge in Waterville. Sea
2: But the one thing I would say is that if any county's coming over here, unless they have somebody on the ground doing the work for them, you can't do it at home. Yeah, And Omar you got a crew of fellas over here, did the work on the ground for us. So when we came over here, um, like Morris Regan um, was the main man behind the thing, Tony Sullivan and Nablus, they were the two big biggest yeah. builders in the city that supported us big time. like and but was like was Morris kind of pushed the boat out a bit farther and, and that made, made that made it happen
1: Ray what would someone
3: what what uh, would you what would an email man ask if, uh, no, Dr Crossman he's a Douglas man <laughs> yeah. he played
1: with everyone Passage Douglas <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a bit of a similar
0: to what should be happening here I played with the parachute, I lived in. right so going up in caught I lived come in there eh? just yeah, so my father-in-law Ray O'Sullivan is in for the hi everybody. Really sorry, probably blocking the camera there. Worry, but uh, Pat, similar to yourself, like I didn't realise actually Croaks were so young because I played with Passage, uh, started off from the Junior B club, went to Senior level in the space of five years, won the Junior Intermediate, and got to a semi-final of an eighty-four county against the Bars. Yeah. Yeah. Immacula beat the Bars in that county final, but went on to win the All Ireland <laughs> that year. But I didn't realise now, because we played West Kerry and we played mid-Kerry in challenge games. Yeah. And you go back to what you said about Crokes playing the Nemo way. And our mentor was Terry Howard, who was a teacher in Ignite Reach with Billy Morgan. And they won the Carney Mirror and what's, the Hartley in the same year. And he brought that same ethos to passage. And people couldn't believe that a junior club with probably 25 players could raise their standards that. Mm-hmm. But it's the heart and soul of the community. And as I grew up and had my own family, I had to move into different areas for housing and stuff like that, uh, but living and working and building the teams where you live and talking about the areas here now in New York, I think that's probably where the, the thing has to start
2: again. Um, yeah, first of all, in a way, they have to get a plan for the city here. And, and, and as a general, they ha- if they don't have a long a 10 year, 15 year plan, if they try to do it in one year, it won't happen. And first of all, they have to get their base. And and I I think somebody has to come out from Crow Park to run it. And I think they have to be big enough to network with all the businesses here and to to talk to them about what the plan is. Because for the people who have made up their home here, there has to be a place where they can go and mingle and meet. And if this was whatever part of the city it's in where it's agreeable, and all the workforce of all these people the, the employees are better they're better informed they're better, they are better. have a better atmosphere after work they have, they have more to be involved in that relates to home and what's going on at the moment is not acceptable and if people think it's acceptable here they're living in a different way of life because they're living in a life that this is mine and it can't be no one else's and here and and, and this is what the association and Kerry is the Kerry GA belongs to everyone and, and is driven by every club that about the importance of Kerry and what it means. The importance of New York has to be driven by New York people, but they need leadership and to be driven in the right direction, and there has to be a plan. And if that's not put together properly, um, the association is never going to um, develop in the city. And I'm going back in the Central Council Delegate for Kerry now in, in, in a few weeks' time. and I don't know what I'm going to be doing or where I'm going to be but my w- with different things that are going to be happening but I really feel strong about the GA in New York and I really feel that the importance of a strong community in New York and that can only develop with the proper leadership and the proper financial um, behind it. And if every county has to stay out of here and not to come in as a big level and that the GA are driving this, I think there's is no issue. But if the same people are going to keep on asking questions about why nothing is happening, the negativity is going to go deeper again. And that's what I find. And going back about passage, <laughs> when, when the Croaks won the All-Ireland Club in 92, we had 19 fellas tugged off. That's what we had, 19. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's yeah. We've, we've grown. The question is, and the, big, and, and the biggest problem that is facing the likes of the Croaks, the Legion and Spa, the likes of Dingle and the Tones is that the planning permission in the Towns is, is not there. And the mo- the of players that will be coming through us, like we have 13,500 people living in Killarney. And there's no house being built, no CME, so for people to get married. So they're all going out of the Town. In 10 years' time, there might be only two teams in Killarney and people mightn't realize it. But there's this thing about the big teams and the big towns will always survive. But if they haven't got a population playing, and Kilkenny is the retirement capital of Ireland, the age profile of the retirement people sell their houses in Dublin, they buy a house half the price in Killarney. and might buy an apartment in Spain or have an apartment in Dublin. And that's what's happening. Yeah. And and we have to we, we and Kerry have to look at it. But if I say that at home, people will. Pull the hair out of his head and said, are they won well enough anyway? Like, but, it's, but if you haven't got the likes of the Gucci and these fellas coming out of the towns, mm-hmm. I mean, like Mikey Sheehy came out of tralee I mean, David Clifford's only out the road from Fossil, But my point I'm trying to say is that like Mike Frank Russell was from Killarga there's, I mean, Paul Ganey from Dingle. If they, if they were now coming through. Yeah, yeah right.
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely needs a plan. And if I remember... You were saying to me, Michael, that the chairman here is running for council this year or something as well? Host. A, a, a
1: Kerry what, a, what's his agenda? A, 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 a uh, Joan Henchy of Kerry Club is, going for, is up for um, chairperson next week.
2: Yeah, and she's from Tarbert. Tarbert. Yeah, Dan Kiley's yeah. daughter. Yeah. and um, the
1: Politician Dan Kiley, yeah. Well, Joan was born here as well, actually. She was, and she moved back, yeah.
2: yeah. She moved back and um, oh, put a Larry is going for the president.
1: Yeah and look it, it's not all doom and gloom for New York GA. there's a lot been done in the, d- the development which Joan has uh, been at pains to explain to me but I saw today th- uh, this year at the World Games there was several teams went back but, home for but the World
2: Games the one thing I would say in the development of the, probably the game itself has improved with, with the GDAs on the ground and for the, the core people but facilities haven't improved and mm-hmm. the facilities if you, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you figure out who drove Shannon Gales Harry Matters from, from our he was one of the main driving forces of that um, you're talking about Sean Price he was another fellow they went out they knocked on doors and they, they got money look at the boys above in Rockland they went out and got money the question is they went out and did their own job they did their own deals with the city they got their own land my point I'm trying to say is that the association here have to pinpoint seven or eight different parts of the city I many you know, there's another place where that should be in, or there's an Irish centre there where they could develop a piece of ground in the amount of Irish Irish Americans living there and they have to cherry pick the areas where they're going and do a deal with the city and if if it costs 8 million to put the pictures in these places that's the first plan that they have to put together to grow power and how we're going to fund this and how to get business people behind them in the city to do that and that's the biggest thing is that if I mean what's going to happen Joan will do her 4 or 5 years as chairperson if she has no plan to go forward to increase the association she's going nowhere and, and what, is the, what are the plans from the association at home to, increa- to develop here. But one thing I see is that the GPA could come over here, they can run the big dinner dances, they can bring over a million, a million and a half, they can bring everyone over and have a good time, and, and yet the, the, the grassroots here are suffering. Right. And you can say that the same thing about Kerry coming over, but Kerry came over to carry business people to develop at home where immigration had taken so many people away from us. My point I'm saying is things have moved on and we really haven't come out of this old, uh, recession. There's no real building going on in Kerry. All the fellas are going up to Cork and different places doing their construction work. But my point I'm trying to say to you is that, that if that money that was raised at the GPA dinner dance was left in the city and you did seven or eight of them, that's a pitch done for eight or nine of them in over an eight or nine year period of time. And that would benefit this association. And then they p- develop a major ho- home where they play their finals and have ten or 12,000 people yeah. stadium, and that's it. Yeah. And have your Irish centre and marry every Irish playing girl over here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <But> <laughs> we, we hope to get Joan on uh, if she does get chair, but one of the things, because she was involved with Kerry and I was involved with Kerry, one of the things she pointed out to me when I spoke to her a couple of weeks ago is that money coming in, she basically said that she would be pushing for some sort of levy on... Fundraising—if people—if people are coming into New York, taking money out of New York—that she'd slap 10 percent on it. I'm not sure if that would work. Or
2: but I, I'm going to ask you a question. The reason why you're slapping five or ten percent is because you're not raising no money yourself. Yeah. So somebody else to do them, the dog work, and you're going to take it. That's a it. fair point. So my point I'm saying is that they're, they're in the city every day of the week. Why don't they get yeah. 10, 10 of the biggest business people in the city together and saying this is our plan? Yeah. They have no plan. They're fighting every day of the week. Every day of the week, there's a different plan coming up from a different area, and that's why the association at home has to drive this, because no, they don't know what they want. The change is from chairperson to chairperson, direction. I mean, like the question is, why, do, why don't they set up the home over in Queens, where they all have to hop in the car and come down to Queens? Mm. They won't agree on that. So the point I'm trying to say is like it's, it's what do we want? What do we want association? She has no grounds. If I go to Morris Regan or Donal Sullivan or whoever person, and I ask somebody to do something for the Kerry G A. he's quite entitled to do that. How can they take a levy off that? Mm. How can how are they take a levy off the G P A? The G P A saw a weakness in our association where they have developed, and the one thing I'm disappointed. And by saying this now, people will come along and probably have a cut at me. They, when that mental health, as as the biggest thing. The majority of people asking about mental health have never lived in the west of Ireland. They haven't never been exposed to what we've been exposed to. Yet they come up with this word and they generated money off some of the biggest um, people, builders, around. And, and, because of, and, and, and the GPA became. Um, was what I'm, um, like it's like when Cope Park opened, everybody wanted to be involved in it. The GPA became the next big thing then after because all the players were involved. And i would be very honest. They do a lot of good work. And Shawnee Walsh will probably kill me. Shawnee will tell you, and he'll tell me all the time, is that the education what they've given to fellows who have fallen off the horse, fellows who have fallen off the horse different ways, they've done great work that way. About bringing fellows back to education, give grants that way. I mean, but the GA itself should have been doing that. For people who have given their lifetime playing into county football or hurling. Mm-hmm. I mean, they saw those weaknesses. But the one thing I'm saying is that we have no control where that money goes and Mm. I don't know what's going to come out of it
3: Pat, in all your years, to bring it back to a lighter note I was, um, I texted some of your friends and asked them what questions I should ask you so um, quick fire round (laughs) they told me to ask you, (laughs) their exact words were to ask you about some team holiday stories but they said to leave um, you have to leave a family in the west of uh, Kerry out of any of your stories, I assume that includes Mick Galway as well so I'm sure you have some good stories that are we can edit it out anyway but so no, probably d- 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 <laughs> it probably does
2: not us I'm being honest when I'm saying about my own thoughts and my own beliefs and association yeah. and other people will probably come back and
3: say I'm totally wrong which they're <laughs> quite entitled and but I think uh, you've a better insight than most and I'm not just saying that you grew up here you lived here you've seen your dad's insight to it here seen how big the GAA was in New York and where it had the potential of going and to see where it is now it went is pretty disappointing
2: a couple of my buddies were downstairs and we went down to 21 championship here in New York in New Hyde Park. I mean, there was Dick Snow Sullivan's um, first cousin, Mike Sullivan, was playing. The Shelvies were phenomenal. There was, there was three Shelby's playing. There was um, Tommy played with Kevin. He was flown home from here. Like, he was the top um, scorer in, co- in, mm-hmm. con- uh, in, in Leinster um, Colleges football. We had Kevin Shelby, Whitey Shelby. You had Martin O'Brien from with Kevin O'Connell, with the PJ Dohertys. up had, had all guys. They all had to be American citizens, and they all played, and it was great fun. Yeah, but excuse
1: but me. But you're, you're, in is what Johnny was getting to. Is like you've an opinion that's backed up through experience. You've served on the c- c- as chair at the Kerry County Board. You've done tremendous work with Dr. Crokes. You've lived here. You've been over and back. Do you know, there's probably. The, one of the most qualified people to to comment on it in a way so if people are always going to have have different 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 opinions so I think it's quite insightful and it's quite you know it's it's, it's basically you're, you're laying it out the way it, it, the way
3: it is really
2: well, hey.
3: and it was a good way you're changing the subject about the team holiday stories
2: well the team holidays anyway should stay on holiday I oh, agree <laughs> <laughs> that was a test I wanted to make sure you wouldn't and tell me the one thing i say anyway is that um, I remember um, I won't say what players it were anyway, the but um, Pat Spillan was coming out with his book and it was, it was shooting from the hip was the name of the book and it was the first book that was done of that great Kerry team and I think the boys were having a couple of pints one night and I don't know was it in Tralee or in Dublin or in Killarney. and before it came out they said they didn't give a damn what was written in the book Longly nothing was written about the Tricks <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. That has stuck for tradition we're yeah. carrying r- by reading some of the recent yeah. books of lads.
2: <laughs> I know, but I'd be honest, it's look, you go away, you enjoy yourself. I mean it's 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 like we come out here every year like a gang of us. We came over fundraising, we continue to come over the mm. same time of year ourselves then like um, we enjoy coming over. I'm over three or four times a year myself. And um I just I just find it's 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 great, and I enjoy meeting everybody when I come back. Um, but I, f- I find it uh, frustrating to see nothing has progressed. Mm. From my time as an 8-year-old here, it's actually gone backwards. And people have come and gone, and people have um, made every kind of an excuse. And they made the excuse at home. And I remember I went to different people at the time. And there were different um, things that were coming up all the time. And I suppose every county has to be developed but my point I'm trying to say is that with, with a small bit of, of direction a small bit of financial help and, and with the know-how what they have because you don't develop something like Crow Park or Parky Keeve or what's going to happen above in Belfast without having the know-how and, and
1: yeah but how, how is like you're saying the GA have to do a lot but how is that drive that motivation going to come from from back home to develop uh, a county that's a seven-hour flight away.
2: Well, they're a full voting county. They play in the championship. Mm. They've probably um, in probably one of the biggest financial hubs in the world, and everybody else has benefited out of it except for the association. I mean, like I'd be very honest about it. Like I, I mean, Larry was would decide that is pushed for Gilly Park. Um, Lawrence McGrath was pushing for Gilly Park. Joan Hinchey was pushing for Gilly Park. Yeah. Ian Connery and a group of different people were pushing for the Top of the Hill. Um, I asked different people within the building called here, um, would they support any of the two of them? And they said it wouldn't because there's no sound structure with it. Yeah. Um, even though Ian Connery's one was another Rockland County, which made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, the boys made a, a bit of sense too that that they couldn't develop anything without having a cash income which the, the bar and the restaurant would have brought them but the the question about that bar and restaurant is that when they were planning to do it they, they forgot to check the foundation like, which is the problem now they can't move on and the figures have changed now since like, so.
1: Yeah, they've downgraded the the plan I was saying a couple of weeks ago there that they had I think they have after downgrading it several times have they, that the the foundation they have to go down further with the foundation and they're going to make it a bit smaller than what was originally planned and I think uh, correct me if I'm r- wrong Pat I think they only have a 10 year lease a rotating 10 year lease on the actual ground where the clubhouse is I don't really know that yeah. say. I think it is something I, like I think th- th- between
3: they ha- Fordham and the MTA or something they like. have
1: the lease on the, the, the land where the, the clubhouse is the pitch has gone to Manhattan with the GA, had that for years they had
3: it for,
2: for a lifetime and they were sleeping to leave a go because they were supposed yeah. to move upstate and the boys, Manhattan College, came in, back door and slipped them. Yeah. So,
3: so you have a lease in a place that generally, if administration changes within Manhattan College, somebody can just walk in realistically, no, nope, different than me in this bar, and he can change his mind. So your leases could just end straight away. So you're gonna put all this money into a clubhouse, into a thing that could be gone if a certain person yeah. says I you're gone.
2: I suppose Manhattan College will keep on turning over mm. sports teams anyway, up there anyway. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you think, just it's a, a, a general GA question, uh, Pat, do you think a three-year term for chairman is too short to implement
2: long-term planning? Kerry is five, Cork is three. Okay. And they could go to a five. I'd say, I say it's five years here in New York. I think Lawrence is
1: done. It's his third. Is it like, I could be wrong.
2: Lawrence was chairman when I, when I came out as chairman. Okay. So Lawrence is five years. Okay. Cork is only three years. I think Cork should go up to five years anyway wrap it up, up.
0: Yeah. yeah thanks William Pat
1: thanks Patrick, very much thank for that. and that's all for this week's podcast keep an eye out for our episode with five time All-Ireland football winner for Dublin Jack McCaffrey where we take a look back on Dublin's historic five in a row in 2019 potential rule changes and Jack's thoughts on his goals for the future keep up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast and we appreciate all feedback so please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.
0: The host the drinks for Pastor around The liquor was so off, strong my head went round and round to me away. You sandy
2: boy dear at me. Oh you New York girls can you